The defense showed up. The offense did just enough. The penalty on everyone's mind and a few reasons why you're going to want to be subscribed. Let's discuss that. Good evening, and thanks for tuning in to another installment of the Blue HQ, your favorite podcast. I'm joined tonight, as always, by Dalton and Jeff, and we got a really exciting show for you tonight. Today we have last week's trivia winner, this week's trivia question, a preview of this week's trip across the pond, and our first ever fan of the week. And taking off the show is Jeff with the weekly injury report. Yeah, so yesterday's game against the Chargers, uh, one injury that we had that could have been a lot worse was Jack Muhert. He left the game for a bit. It was one play in particular, and he was replaced by Austin Blythe. And then he returned right after, so a uh, major injury avoided there. Monty Davis returned for the first game of the season. He left a bit too midway through the game. It was just cramps, kind of getting used to uh, the pace of the game again. So he's he had a decent game. Um, Joe Wrights is still out with the back injury there. He was replaced by Joe Haig this week at right tackle. Henry Anderson made his much-anticipated return uh, from his ACL injury. He had three QB pressures, two hurries, one QB hit, and he played 18 snaps. Uh, Gathers came back, was back this week too. He played last week, but he had a small injury as well. Five tackles, one tackle for a loss, and most importantly, that forced fumble on Hunter Henry to win the game for the Colts. Andrew Luck, who was on the uh, the injury report most of the week, with a, he was questionable with a uh, with a shoulder injury. He finished the game with for twenty going twenty four for thirty seven with three hundred thirty one yards, one touchdown, one one interception, and one fumble. TJ Green also returned. He had three solo tackles. If you guys noticed, uh, they were playing a lot of three safety scheme this week. Uh, you saw a lot of Gathers Adams and Green playing together, so I thought that was interesting. Patrick Robinson is expected to return next week, and Darius Butler, uh, Denzel Good, and Moncrief are still out with injuries. Tonight we have a special guest with us, um, Jake Arthur, analyst and writer from Pro Football Spot. We're excited to have him. We've got some great in-depth analysis of the game as well as coaching improvements and any setbacks that uh, we deem necessary to bring to you. Jake, how you doing tonight? I am awesome. Thanks for having me, fellas. Glad I could finally get on here with you. Really exciting to have you on. We really value your analysis. You really know what you're talking about, and that's always good to have. Finally, we've got a win to talk about. Definitely positive. It's something that was on all of our minds, and now that it's finally here, we can all breathe a little bit easier knowing that the defense played a bit how we wanted it to, considering all the injuries that we had back. It's refreshing to finally see you know, what this defense is capable of. Uh, the offense as well um, didn't play um, exactly how they should have. Definitely some, uh, some stuff to talk about there. Andrew Luck struggled a little bit. Coaching as well, something of a mystery. Not quite sure that everyone's on the same page. And as the season progresses, I think it'll be interesting to see 
where front office goes with coaching. Let's go ahead and break down the offense. Andrew Luck, 24 for 37, 331 yards, had a touchdown and a pick to go with it. Also had um, had himself a fumble. Definitely not something you want to see from a quarterback who's entering his, his fifth year. You know, you're hoping to see some improvement. There were times where he flashed the brilliance that we've all come to expect from him, but then also some stubbornness that has caused him to make some of the same mistakes uh, we've seen. Frank Gore, also another highlight of this offense, rushed fairly well, specifically in the first half. Second half, he slowed down a little bit, but uh, first half went pretty well. And then T.Y. Hilton coming in and delivering on his promise to put up numbers and did just that catching eight balls for 174 yards and a touchdown of his own. A lot of positives on this offense, a lot of stuff to clean up as well. Dalton, what did you think about this offense, um, taking a look at it throughout this game? You know, uh, Aaron, I'm glad you asked that. They looked really good. They, uh, they really moved the ball pretty well. The turnovers was the biggest thing. You know, they got to avoid those turnovers with Andrew Luck throwing a pick, fumbling the ball. Uh, T.Y. Hilton really stepped up, which was nice to see. Jack Doyle's been really surprising this year. You know, coming into the year, a lot of people were worried about the tight end position for the Colts, and I feel like uh, Doyle has been a really, really good addition to the team this year. I know he was on the team before, but not quite as big of a role as what he had here. Um, Jake, what are your thoughts on week five, or week four, I should say, against the Chargers? Uh, well, it's kind of a change of pace because I actually kind of maintained the thought that they were going to win throughout the whole time. Uh, I, I thought the first couple weeks uh, I, they were just too undermanned to be really capable of winning, uh, especially against a team like Denver. Uh, but this week, getting Henry Anderson and Vontae Davis and Clayton Gathers back, I thought that was going to be huge for them, uh, especially since the Colts' Achilles heel had become uh, pass defense. And uh, Benjamin from the Chargers had really started to kind of blow up a bit and become a hot name. Vontae Davis took him out of the game for the most part. I mean, when he was lined up on him, uh, there was no Antonio Gates. So I, I think the defense did a great job. I think we'll begin to see the defense look a lot more like they did against the Chargers than we did against Detroit and Denver, where there basically was no defense. Uh, the offense, uh, like you guys said, Frank Gore did great. I thought he could have had the first 100-yard game in, what, like 56 weeks, something like that. Uh, they just kind of left the run a little bit in the second half, but I think Gore was already over halfway there going in the first half. So, uh, Andrew Luck, I, I'm, I'm beginning to think that's just what we have in Andrew Luck, you know, those turnovers. The interception was just a, a bad call in general, and that is something he can clean up. Uh, but the fumbling to me is just a result of hero ball, which is something he's always played. He never wants to let a play die. Uh, it, it it really bit him this time for you know the fumble return for the touchdown. But uh, I I felt the Colts also kind of let the momentum die a bit going into the second half. 
uh, because if I'm not mistaken, when they got the ball back after that fumble return for a touchdown, they had just under a full minute and two timeouts, and they had just 75 yards to go, and they just let that entire drive die. They, they didn't even try. I think their first play was kind of a bust, and then they didn't try. They weren't hurrying back to the line of scrimmage. They didn't call any timeouts. I felt they easily could have tried for a field goal, especially since San Diego was going to be getting the ball back uh, to start the second half. I thought that was a really irritating move and kind of, I don't know how much of it was coaching, uh, probably a significant amount. They probably told Luck, to, you know, not to worry about it. But, um, uh, you know, I thought they regrouped well in the second half. And, you know, even though they let the lead slip, they, you know, kind of came back like they always do and, and took the lead and actually held on to it this time. Uh, just to add one more thing about Frank Gore there, you mentioned that, he had around 53, 54 game streak of uh, the Colts have had a streak of no uh, no 100 yard rushing game for a running back. Well, after yesterday's game, it's 59 now, and uh, he finished the game with 82 yards on 21 attempts and one yeah, touchdown that's... as well. So, streak continues. Hopefully, there you guys mentioned that he kind of slowed down a little bit. A lot of that had to do as well as with their passing the ball a little more. At that point, they're looking to score points, and they know that they can score points through the air a lot more effectively than they do on the ground. So I think that had a uh, part to play with the two. And the offensive line was a lot stronger in the first half, I thought, than in the second half. So that definitely played a key as well. That's one thing that I wanted to touch on that, you know, we kind of hit on at the beginning of the show. It's definitely on everybody's mind is the last penalty there at the end of the game that gave the Chargers an untimed, you know, offensive snap. Not a lot of people – have known about this penalty. Um, you know, it's not one that's called every week. So today I actually did some digging to find out what was the cause of this. So it turns out in the National Football League that any time the kicking team punts the ball and someone from their team downs the ball, it is a penalty. It is a zero-yard penalty giving the receiving team possession of the ball at the spot of the foul. Therefore, the reason that the game ended the way it did is in part due to the fact that a game cannot end on a defensive penalty. They downed the ball, defensive penalty. It gave the Chargers an untimed snap. So that's a, uh, that's a breakdown and an explanation of what happened for all the people out there who don't know. And – Kind of to get into something else real quick here. You know, uh, we're having Jake on this week from Pro Football Spot. Maybe some of our viewers don't know what Pro Football Spot is or maybe what Jake does at Pro Football Spot. So, Jake, if you can kind of give our viewers kind of a breakdown of what Pro Football Spot is and maybe what you do there, what kind of content they can expect to find on ProFootballSpot.com, that, uh, that would be great. Yeah, um, you know, Pro Football Spot's not a household name yet, but, uh, you know, we're – we're working on that being, you know, changing the case for, you know, the, the at least casual football fan. Uh, we've been around for a while. Uh, first started out as just kind of a forum. Um, you know, forum started to die. And then our, uh, our owner, Jacob Hutcherson, you know, decided it was time to start getting some talented writers together and cranking out some content. And uh, so we, we've actually turned out 
plenty of people who are really well known now. They've gone on to great jobs with Scout, ESPN, Sports Illustrated, things like that, uh, Yahoo. And uh, so some of those guys have kind of got their start with Pro Football Spot. Uh, we've evolved from just kind of a forum into um, an actual, you know, producing written content site, you know, articles, news pieces, things like that. Um, guys like yourselves have, have been, you know, proactive and got podcasts going representing the site. Uh, so things like that are, are really what we're moving towards. Uh, we want to cover all bases. We kind of want to be a one-stop shop for football fans, you know, if they want to know the schedule, um, the schedule, the scores, uh, what's the injury reports on their players. But we also want to have in-depth analysis and kind of bring a unique look at something other than just telling you exactly what's going on with the team that, you know, things you might already know. Um, so we're just always working on, on you know, holding on to our, our good writers and good content producers and, you know, trying to get our names out there so the casual football fan knows who we are. Definitely some great content at Pro Football Spot. Um, you know, if you're in need of, of in-depth analysis and perhaps some of those big-name websites aren't your thing, you know, I definitely recommend going on there. Um, you know, I myself have quite a few articles on there. Jake, you're, um, you know, you're known for having – you know, lots of content out, but with you, it's not just about quantity. It's obviously about quality as well. And, and, you know, you as well of, of those other writers really do uh, a great job of getting out some, some well thought out um, in-depth content and slowly, but surely, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're developing that name for themselves and, you know, definitely check it out. Profootballspot.com. A lot of great content. All 32 teams, definitely something to check out. So next week, the Colts travel across the pond, something that fans of the Colts are not used to, as they travel to London and play the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think some of us remember what happened the last time the Colts played the Jaguars. We were without luck, and it did not end pretty. I won't go too much in depth regarding that. But we do play Jacksonville um, in London. It's going to be an interesting matchup. The Jaguars. You know, we, we saw definitely how potent Blake Bortles can be when he's given time and when things get out of control for your team. Uh, so I, I think Henry Anderson, you know, being another week back into it, um, I think that'll be big. I, I think they really need to pressure portals. Uh, I, I think they'll probably be able to shut down, maybe not shut down, but contain uh, TJ Yeldon and Chris Ivory because um, Ivory should be back as well, you know, in, another week more ingrained into that offense. Uh, what should really worry Colts fans, though, is the Allen brothers uh, for the Jaguars. Because even though Patrick Robinson is, should be back next week, Vontae Davis can only cover one of them at a time. Uh, the Colts secondary should be fully intact, like you guys said. So that's one thing. But those two guys, you know, historically they're young, but they've eaten the Colts alive so far. Um, so that is always, you know, on the table. Something in the Colts' favor, though, 
the Jaguars don't cover tight ends very well, uh, particularly Paul Puzlesny. And they should also um, take advantage of the fact that Miles Jack isn't receiving a lot of playing time quite yet. Uh, Telvin Smith can pretty much do everything for them, but the Colts have two incredibly capable tight ends. You know, no one knew about, no one outside of Indianapolis knew about Jack Doyle before this year, but so far he's been more productive than Dwayne Allen even has. So, and he can also get downfield and, you know, work the middle of the field as well. So, uh, this might be a game where we see a lot out of the Colts tight ends, uh, like those games we used to see where both Allen and, and Fleener would have, you know, 60, 70 yards and a touchdown each. It could be a game like that. Um, Jalen Ramsey, I, I'm kind of interested to see how he'll play against T.Y. Hilton. Uh, he's done pretty well so far. Uh, teams aren't throwing a lot at him. T.Y. is very savvy, and he is somewhat comparable to Steve Smith, but can move a lot better now. Smith is just, you know, kind of old and had the Achilles injury. So Hilton might be able to get freed up a bit more. So that'll be an interesting matchup to watch for sure, I think. Well, definitely moving forward, um, I think Colts fans are hoping for a win, especially with Houston playing the way they have. Um, they had a disappointing loss playing New England, which gave us the opportunity to gain some ground. But, yeah, winning this game will definitely go a long way. Um, and not only winning the division, but, you know, also reclaiming that top record, that top spot. So for the first time ever on the Blue HQ, we're going to be announcing the fan of the week. And I'm going to give it to Dalton and have him take it away. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Like you were saying, this is our first ever fan of the week winner here at the Blue HQ. And just so everybody that's listening knows how this works, basically what we're doing is starting this week, we're going to have a fan of the week winner each week. Um, to enter, all you have to do is message us on our Facebook page, a you know, kind of a brief story, maybe some pictures of why you think you should be the fan of the week. If you don't win that week, don't worry. Once you've submitted, you're in the drawing or the selection every week for the rest of the season. After the season's over, we are going to take each week's winner and put them into a drawing. The winner of that drawing is going to get two tickets to a 2017 game in Indianapolis. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce this week's first ever, the Blue HQ Fan of the Week. My husband never is not talking about the Colts. He drives me crazy with it, actually. Um, he went to school at Tri-Central for high school, and he was quarterback there, and he broke most – he has most of the records and still holds them. He then went on to play college ball at College of DuPage in Chicago, and he went there for quite a bit. And now he plays flag football still. He's done arena football. He never misses a game. He owns everything, Colts. That's all he wears. Um, he's super excited. I'm sure once he finds out about this, he will be at least. And I thank you guys for picking him, and I can't wait for him to know. DJ Brown. So, guys, uh, let's, let's congratulate DJ. Congratulations, DJ. Your wife uh, obviously submitted 
a app for you, and you're our fan of the week. So good luck in the final drawing. And Aaron, I think we had some viewer questions. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, first off, congratulations. We uh, we really liked what we saw, and obviously, you know, every week it's about um, it's about finding that fan that really you know has all of the all of the, the the qualifications of what you would what you would hold a super fan to, and and this is definitely something that um, was unanimous for us this week. Um, so great to see you know you get this. It's uh, it's really really nice to see you know that we have such great fans that the, this this organization has such great fans. So yeah, Dalton, you're right. We do have some interesting uh, viewer questions this week. Uh, the first viewer question: Will the Colts break ten wins this season? Will the Colts do enough to get ten wins or more on their on their uh, their schedule, or will we see them fall to below ten wins? Um, Dalton, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, uh, I think they'll just break ten wins. I have them setting at eleven and five at the end of the year. They should win against the Jaguars. You know, they face a Chicago team that hasn't looked great this year. So that should get them back to 3-2. Uh, and two. Then they play Houston at Houston. That, that'll be a tough one. So that'll kind of be the, uh, the make-or-break week, I think, for the Colts this year. But if they can maintain some momentum, get some good vibes going, I see them setting at 11-5 right into the playoffs this year. What uh? What do you see the Colts looking like at the end of the year, Jake? Uh, well, I, I think I think ten wins is on the optimistic side, but it's very doable if they're able to perform even a little better than they did against the Chargers. Again, I think the injuries will be a huge part of that. Uh, they don't have a super easy schedule. I I think the most realistic. I think eight wins is very doable, but I have been saying they've gonna they're gonna be the division winners all along, and so I think that will probably put them at about ten and six, maybe even eleven and five. Uh, there's some very interesting matchups in here. Um, they haven't played any division games yet, but I think if if they you know win th you know half or maybe four of those division games, that puts them at five. Um, I think they can definitely beat the Bears. Uh, who knows if, if Cutler's going to be back. Even if Cutler is, they should be able to win that. Um, the Chiefs and Packers and Steelers are – that's a brutal three out of four game stretch, to be honest with you. Um, and then, you know, the, the Raiders and Vikings are probably beatable for them there near the end of the year. It's going to be really interesting. I, I see them somewhere between – Eight and eleven. I know that's kind of broad, but the season gets crazy. I think um, with the remaining games on schedule, I think there's definitely a lot of winnable games. Uh, I think it's crucial that they win the division games. Obviously, two wins against the Jaguars is definitely possible. Titans, who finished last place last year, that's definitely possible. Two wins, and it'll be interesting against the Texans. They're kind of revamped. Uh, they looked pretty decent in the first two games there and then got destroyed by the Patriots last week. 
So it'll be interesting to see that. Like Jake mentioned, there's definitely a few tougher games. They've had their struggles against Steelers in the past. Jets are always a strong defense. Same for the Chiefs. And then there's the Packers, who are heavy loaded on offense with Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson. In games, hopefully it'll come down to a lot, like Jake said, about the defense staying healthy. We've seen this week that when they're healthy, they can definitely perform. So that'll be very crucial. But there are definitely a lot of winnable games. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, you know. I think I, I I agree with that. There's there's a lot of room here for for them, you know, to come in and and hit, you know, ten plus wins. You know, you talked about these games against these games against Kansas City and Green Bay and and you know Pittsburgh coming up. And one thing that sticks out to me, at least with the Pittsburgh game, is last year. Uh, the Colts lost to Pittsburgh, but they were also missing Andrew Luck. So it'll be a different matchup this time. You know, Kansas City and Green Bay, those are both teams that in the, you know, the the recent, you know, couple of seasons here, we've we've really, you know, been able to get the best of. Um, you know, I think, I think that, um, you know, this is a team that, is, is more than capable of going in and making the plays. It'll be, I think, on the offense to come in and, and really overpower these defenses. You know, you look at teams like the Chiefs and even the Packers. You know, the Packers have, a, you know, a more than capable defense. And I think in, in every one of these games, getting the offense going early and often and putting up points and making these plays is really what's going to be the factor that either gets us to 10 wins or keeps us below it. Um that question was submitted by Chaz Johnson. So, Chaz, thank you for the question. Um, the next one, uh, this one asked by Ashley Hall, why did the Colts sign Devin Street when they could have signed uh, Tavon Smith? Um, obviously, Tavon's a little bit more familiar, but they decided to go with Devin Street here. So, you know, why is that? Why do we think they decided to go with Devin and, and, and not Smith? Uh, Dalton, what do you think? I think they went with Street just simply because of a little bit more experience. Um, you know, he's been around a little bit longer, knows how to prepare, whereas Smith is someone who he looked good in the preseason, but the preseason is – I mean, it's glorified practice. You don't know what you're going to get in the regular season. So, you know, that, that's a really good question. I just, I think they went with Street strictly because of the experience. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what I thought as well. Because, um, I mean, Tavon Smith has a world of upside, but Devin Street is, you know, this is his technically his third year. And, um, I mean, he had Tony – he didn't really have Tony Romo pretty much at all last year, uh, so he could have been more productive. But uh, Street's also got high upside, but like you guys said, he's he's been a pro. He knows how to prepare. Uh, I think it's just about dependability at this point. I think they like Smith, uh, but, you know, they already had Chester Rogers that they, you know, brought up. And then Philip Dorsett is only in his second year, so – they probably wanted a little more experience to balance out that youth. 
there are also some implications in the CFL for Tavon Smith as well. He's a Toronto native, and he was drafted by Edmonton in the first round of the draft, eighth overall. That's There's only eight teams in the CFL, so he was the last pick of the first round. So perhaps there's options in the CFL for him as well. Definitely. Um, you know, that one, as I said, was asked by uh, Ashley Hall, so thank you, Ashley, for that. Um, you know, we appreciate these questions. You know, you guys, you guys really do, you know, an excellent job giving us, you know, the ability to, you know, to answer these for you. And obviously, you know, we're just opinions, but, you know, I think, and I think what you all have to say is, you know, is definitely pretty accurate. I think, you know, Street is, is the more um, experienced guy here. Um, I I did like what I saw from Smith, but you know Dalton, as you said, it's it's not really with the preseason. It's not really a super good showing of of skill. You know these younger guys get a chance to play, but it's against other guys who are at the same time trying to get that chance to play. So you know hopefully we don't have to see a lot of of Street. You know we hope that Hilton, Dorsett, and then you know if need be Bray steps up a little bit. So, you know, I think we'll see if they made the right move. I'm not 100% sure that it's it's going to be super, you know, important, you know, either way, whether or not it ends up being a great move or a bad move. I don't think it's going to be something that is super effective. You just kind of hope that your top guys can stay healthy. Um, Dalton, you want to take us to the trivia question for this week? Yeah, so the uh, <clears throat> we'll kind of announce last week's winner first. Um, last week's winner was when was the first time after moving to Indianapolis that the Colts beat the San Diego Chargers? And that answer was December 20th, 1987. The winner of that trivia question was Chris Shuck. So congratulations, Chris. You will be receiving a copy of Tony Dungy's book, Quiet Strength. Um, really good book if you haven't read it. For all those who didn't win, don't worry. You can pick up a copy of the book on Amazon.com. We'll leave a link down in the description for any of you who want to check that out. Um, this week's trivia question is a little bit easier. Um, what former Colts head coach was also a former Colts player? So to answer that, tweet us at the Blue HQ PFS. Comment on the YouTube video. We love the comments. Um, so just, you know, make sure you're subscribed so that you're eligible to win and who knows, maybe you guys can win next week's giveaway, which is a $10 Amazon gift card. Yeah, we, uh, we can't stress that enough, you know, obviously to be eligible for these things, you want to be subscribed, but there's a lot of good giveaways to take place here. Uh, as Dalton said, if you did not win the book, don't worry. You can always go on and snag a copy yourself. It is a great book. Obviously, Tony Junji is an inspirational guy, and it really shows in his writing. So congratulations, Chris Shuck, on your prize. Um, as always, answer. Try to be honest. We're testing your, your knowledge, not your Google searchability. So um, as always, you know, we thank you guys for tuning in. We thank you guys for the questions, for the feedback. Uh, for everything that you guys have done during the week. 
Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Blue HQ PFS. Uh, make sure to comment on the videos, subscribe, and share. Uh, be sure to subscribe. Um, obviously, your eligibility eligibility depends on it. So, uh, as I said, as always, um, I'm Aaron, joined by Dalton and Jeff. Jake, thank you again for being on with us and offering your insight. We appreciate it, and uh, you know, you're a respected member, obviously, of PFS. So to have you on here was 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 really special for us. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate that. I'm glad to be on. All right. Well, this was your new favorite podcast, Blue HQ. We hope you all have a great evening. And remember, don't forget to subscribe.